Hello ladies and gentlemen, I'm Judith Fallon-Reed and welcome to Shelf Life TV, where I have great conversations with Caribbean authors about their lives and books. If you have yet subscribed to this podcast, please do so. You'll always know when new episodes are available. The video of this episode is available also on my YouTube channel. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel and check out my website at jfallonreed.com. Also, check out my other podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Now it's time to share what's on my shelf. Welcome everybody to Shelf Life and it's a different, different kind of shelf life today. Uh, this is not my usual shelf life because today I am actually going to be talking with not just an author, but I'm talking with filmmakers. And that is kind of different because normally on this program, I interview authors. And I have with me three wonderful gentlemen, three handsome gentlemen. I've got with me Roy Anderson, who hey, is a writer, me. director, producer, editor, everything <laughs> having to do with award-winning films such as Aquan 2, The Journey on the History of the Jamaican Maroons, Queen Nanny, <laughs> Legendary Maroon Chieftainess, and now he's got a new film which premieres the 23rd of September. And this film is called African Redemption, The Life and Legacy of Marcus Garvey. And it premieres September 23rd at the Trinidad and Tobago Film Festival. And then I also have with me Paul H. Williams. Give a wave there, Paul. <laughs> Paul is the actor who plays Marcus Garvey. And um, even without makeup, we can see some resemblance there, Paul. I have a feeling that you have some kind of descendant thing going on with the great Marcus Garvey. That's what I've been told. I also have with me the great Jeffrey Philp, who is a well-known um, author. He is the author. And whenever I have to do anything to do with Marcus Garvey, I go straight to Jeffrey because Jeffrey is all things Garvey, <laughs> all things Garvey. He is the author of a book coming up. Well, he's the author of Garvey's Ghost, but he's also the author of a book coming up, which is almost here, which is called, I am, my name is Marcus. Am I my right? Name my name is Marcus. My name is Marcus. That is the name of the book. And so I'm very excited to have this conversation here because the film is about to premiere. Um, we've been talking a lot about Marcus lately. Uh, so we know there's a lot going on in the air where Marcus Garvey is concerned. And uh, I'm just uh, very excited to be able to have this conversation. I want to start with you, Roy. Tell us a mm -hmm. little bit about the film. Why did you become interested in doing this film on Marcus Garvey? And is it a documentary, a movie, or is it kind of like a combination? What exactly is the story on this film? Uh, well, first off, Judith, um, thanks for having me on your show today. Appreciate that. Um, you're welcome. Officially, officially um, this is a documentary film. And the reason why it's so is because we have some reenactments um, also in the film, probably mm -hmm. about um, uh, eight to 10 minutes of reenactments. So I get a chance to hone my director chops and stir, you know, in terms of directing uh, narratives. So what drew me to this film um, I have to, first of all, thank Dr. Julius Garvey because he's the one that got me interested in this um, subject. Um, initially, you know, um, he had approached me uh, for us to do um, a film presentation um, on his father. And at that time when he approached me, I was just uh, putting the finishing touches up on uh, Nanny of the Maroons, my second film. And I said mm -hmm. to him, well, 
you know, Dr. Garvey, you know, when I do something, I like to give it my hundred percent. And um, I, I have to say no right now, but fast forward to a few years later, uh, the time, you know, the opportunity presented itself and we had um, other conversations and um, here we are 2021, the film is finished. Uh, I went ahead and, and um, led the charge, you know, um, with this film. And the reason why I did it now is because um, for so long, you know, this great historical figure, also a human being, you know, um, he's, he's uh, been presented as somebody who's um, a caricature, mm -hmm. you know, maligned. Yeah. Um, I, I was speaking with Jeffrey earlier. Um, he talked about another presentation of Garvey where it was mentioned that when he returned to Jamaica in 19... 27 after being deported from America, he was stoned by these children and he came back penniless. Nothing, wow. nothing could be further from the truth. So in this, in, in this examination, I just set out to not, not to correct, um, not to correct that film. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, let me just decline this and get back to you. All right. Hopefully you can see me. I'm sorry about that. I can see you. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, I just set out to just correct some of these misconceptions and, and present the story of Marcus Garvey in a way that's, you know, fair and balanced. It's not a propaganda right. piece. I mean, you know, the examination here, you know, warts and all. Um, we look at all different sides of the story. But at the end of the day, uh, I think I would have done justice, you know, to this, um, this man and, and, and helped to humanize him. Well, I saw Nanny of the Maroons, so... Um, Queen, Queen Nanny, and based on that, I'm very excited about this Marcus Garvey film because I'm pretty sure it's going to be very accurate. It's going to give us a look at Garvey like we've never had it before. You know, we're just now truly, even after all those years of the UNIA and the Garvey movement, we are honestly just now truly as a, a people, I believe, coming to appreciate who Garvey was and mm -hmm. what he represented and the truth of Marcus Garvey. It takes a while for truth to come out of people who are telling the truth are not really telling the truth. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey, for you, my friend who is everything Garvey, <laughs> what, is, what does this film mean to you? What are you looking forward to here? Well, I, I, I taught Garvey for about 10 years when, when I worked at Miami Dade College. I was teaching a course on heroes and uh, Garvey was all, the, 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 the students had to always turn in an essay. Uh, I, I also taught it in conjunction with uh, Joseph Campbell's uh, The Hero of the, the, the Myth or The Heroic Archetype. And they would have to go through the whole cycle of, of how Garvey at each stage uh, was, you know, so you had mentors like Dr. Love, the trials and the tribulations, the moment of deep despair, which is Atlanta Federal Penitentiary, bringing back the whole, uh, bringing back the boon, which which was which was number one, bringing it back to Jamaica, launching the first political party, which 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 then uh, both Bustamante and uh, Norman Washington Manley used as a foundation in order to build the JLP and the PNP. I mean, all of these roots uh, the, that Garvey that Garvey put down, the University of the West Indies, 
Uh, the only thing we don't have yet is the opera house, and I'm still waiting for that. But uh, Garvey's Garvey's dream, and, and and this is the thing, Garvey's dreams, Garvey's plans have have all but been erased. But the products of the dream are there, mm -hmm. right in you know, hiding in plain sight. Mm -hmm. You know, if, pe if people would know that the University of the West Indies was in Garvey's mind. Wow. long before it came to pass. And then, you know, so the other politicians came and that was on his platform in 1929 20, or around then. Uh, yes. That was on his platform, eight-hour so work so week. This for you. So this for you, Jeff, is really like a fulfillment. Being yes. Able to see all of what Gavi was about. No, I was, I was telling Roy... The, if, if this film turns out to be what I think it is, I, I, I'm retired now, but I, I will go back and teach a part-time. Seriously, seriously. Good. Let me see if Paul has any luck, any luck. Paul, any luck hearing us? Paul, anything yet? It's always, it's always a touch and go when you're dealing with um, internet out of Jamaica. Eh? Um, Paul, if you wanna jump off and jump back on, that's fine and try again, let me know. Just go right ahead. We'll continue the discussion while you try to sort that out. Um, so, Jeffrey, I'm gonna go to you. What do you want to ask Roy? <laughs> well, I, I know well, well, some questions. I, I know he's, he's, he's dealt with uh, the, 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 the whole issue when Garvey went back. Um, and I'm not trying to, to, but what were, I mean, I know some of Garvey's wars, <laughs> but what were some of the wars that that you were interested in bringing out? Well, um, I'd have to think that a lot of folks who revere the right excellent Marcus Messiah Garvey um, don't want to hear that he walked into the office of the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, which is what he did, um, I believe, in the summer of 1920. Yes. Yes. But, yes. Come again. We'll come again. No. We'll come again. No, no, but 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 Paul, here's what hold I'm on, saying. Hold on, Jeffrey. Hold on, Jeffrey. I need to hear that one again. Come. Yes. Edmund Young Clark was the name of the Grand yes. Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. Yes. Marcus Garvey pumped it up his chest and he walked into their office in Atlanta in the summer of 1920. And the reason why he did that, he figured that, okay, so at the time. I believe Woodrow Wilson was in power. Yes. And he screened at the White House a movie called The Birth of a Nation. Yes. Yes. A, na a movie which he calls Lightning in a Bottle. And if you're familiar with that movie, um, The Birth of a Nation glorified the Ku Klux Klan. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, I'm trying to get into Marcus Garvey's head for a minute. Um, if folks like the president is going to be disingenuous, might as well walk into and talk to your enemy, who at least he'll tell you what it is. Right. And the bottom line was, and this might have been a misreading on Marcus Garvey's part, yes. uh, part um, the Klan do not see the humanity in black folks. I mean, they wanted all blacks to go back to Africa. Let's right. just cut, let's just say, call it right. what it is, right? And right. Marcus Garvey wanted uh, some sort of, um, a repatriation as well. But it was not only um, physical, which I think a lot of Garveyites got um, wrong. It was also up here too. He talked yeah. about emancipate yourself from mental slavery about 37 years later. 
but he wanted us to travel both physically and mentally back to where it all started, the whole greatness. And that is why, um, just to jump ahead um, to maybe a question you're going to ask me later on, you know, why the title African Redemption? Garvey's right. life was all about um, redeeming Africa. Africa, yeah. as, you know, as far as Garvey is concerned, wasn't this dark continent that it right. was made out to be, you know, with all these primitive people. I mean, you know, growing up uh, as a youngster and, and, and coming home, rushing home to watch Tarzan, you saw how they presented um, our folks over there. Yes. Tarzan was the great savior. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Roy. I don't consider that to be a wart because when Nixon goes to China, right, or still our enemy, it is seen as a diplomatic breakthrough, right? And his lord, he almost get a Nobel Prize because he met with the Reagan meets with Gorbachev, mm -hmm. you know, looking your enemy in the eye. So, so, so to me, to me, his visit, and as he said, I know the real, I know the real people who are behind all of the power here in America. Mm. All of the, this is why he was having this fight with Du Bois, because he was like, Du Bois is over here, but I know it's a white philanthropist who control him. So might as well go to the source, because all of these people coming in and saying, they're my friends. And in the meantime, they're stabbing me in the back, right? So why not, why not confront your enemy and say, look, I want some of my people to go back to Africa. You want me to go back to Africa. All right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, even right now, Joe Biden is talking with uh, President Xi. Yes. So, so what I'm saying, what I, I no, my word for garbage is I would beat up people. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. I think some some people may consider it a word. Okay. Right. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we just like thump down back. people. <laughs> looks like Paul is back. Oops. Yeah. Nice. There you go. Now we've got. Yeah. Paul. All right. So Paul. Paul is the lead actor in the film, right? And we're talking about the film African Redemption: The Life and Legacy of Marcus Mazaya Garvey. The it, it doesn't have his whole name in the title, but I, I like to call him by his whole name, just in case you're not sure which Marcus Garvey we're talking about. We're talking about the right, honorable, excellent. And I don't use those terms, can I tell you? I, I'm not big on those terms, but I believe this is a man who has earned those terms and should be given those terms, uh, Messiah Gavi. And Paul plays Gavi. And Paul, earlier on, before your, you, your everything went frozen, I was saying that, you know, I can see you as Gavi. You kind of even look like Gavi, like, you know, like you have some kind of descendancy thing going on with the Gavi. So what is it, what was it like for you to be selected, to be casted in the role of Marcus, the great Marcus Messiah Gavi? What was that like for you? And why were you even interested in playing this role? Actually, I wasn't ever, ever interested in playing Marcus Gavi. Who would want to be Gavi is larger than life. Yes. So to reprise the role of Gavi, for anybody is like stepping into the shoes of a giant of a man. So I actually had absolutely no interest wow. in Garvey. The person who prodded me, who in Jamaican terms, juked me in a side, <laughs> you know, <laughs> torment and 
<laughs> and make my life a miserable hell because I refuse to take on the role is my director, Roy T. Anderson. Roy T. Anderson is instrumental in getting me to play, to play that particular role. So for me, at first, I was really, and I'm being honest, and Roy knows that, I, I was really nonchalant about it. I'm not an actor in, in the true sense of the word. I, I'm, I'm a dramatic and comedic person, if I may say so. Yeah, I think I am, and I think my people around me know that. But I have never been on stage, you know, in that sort of way, in this grand documentary where I'm going to be the lead. And the lead is not just any arbitrary, any ordinary man. It's Marcus Garvey. So I was mm -hmm. like, bro, I must be mad. Bro, I must be crazy. I'm not going to do it. So <laughs> after many, many, many conversations with myself, with my ancestors and others who thought I should have been, I finally gave in. And one of the persons who really, really gave me the instruction, not directly, was Garvey's son himself, Julius. Julius, okay. Beside, yes, beside Julius and another person. And he looked at the person and said, that's my father. And I was like, if Julius Garvey is looking at me, saying that I am his father, then why not play the role? Another person, and she's also one of the talking heads in the documentary, the late Miriam Smart. When we approached her for the interview, she said, look at Mr. Garvey. I tell you. <laughs> oh, so they were now tormenting me, telling me that you are Garvey. You have to be Garvey. And I, I say, you know what, since everybody is making me out to be Gavi, and I, and I share physical physical similarities, and not all those physical similarities, I've always been interested in my, in my own uh, existence as a black man in a country where there is some amount of prejudice. In Jamaica, yes, there is still a lot of color prejudice. And, and Gavi went away from Jamaica because he was a broken man. He couldn't imagine that his own black people rejected him. And I have faced rejection in, at many, many, many levels in my own life because of how I look. At one stage, I was tormented again because of the, the snide and the negative remarks that people would pass about being black and ugly and short and all of that drama. So I spent a greater part of my childhood not liking how I look because of how people would, would, would denigrate me. And But I got over that at an early stage in my life, and I'm glad that I did. So I, I am a lover of myself. I'm a lover of the whole idea of being African and being independent. So Garvey's messages did not resonate with me up to about grade 10. But after grade 10 in high school, I started to listen to Garvey. I'm not a Garveyite, if I may say so, but I am aware of what he was doing and what he has said and what went on. So for me, being a black man with similarities, you know, I said, why not? Why not give it a try? And I do have acting skills. I acted in high school, and I know how to turn on the thrill when I can and when I want to. You know, are we all Jamaicans? We we have that sort of thing, you know. Yeah, I think I think we all act actually very naturally can act. <laughs> we're we're a very dramatic bunch of people. <laughs> Sometimes over the top, but for me, no, I I wasn't into into being a star and that's one of the main reasons i like to go along the way undisturbed i want to walk through halfway tree eating a party and nobody said jesus christ I'm you know what i tell no. people that all the time i mean you know my my resume is long and all the things i've done 
filmmaker, or I'm, I'm media personnel, but I love the anonymity of just simply being able to haul on a t-shirt and a shorts and go walk downtown and nobody not going, hey, you, 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 I love it. I love it. As a journalist, I don't want people to know me as Paul H. Williams, Nina writer. I just want to appear on this scene and do my story. So for me, I don't I didn't want to go with all sorts of shouting and all sorts of excitement. But even before and even while I'm I'm still shooting, people would be calling me Gavi all over the place everywhere I go in halfway tree. People but would be behind. Garvey, Garvey, Rastas were like, Jesus Christ, no Mr. Garvey, that. <laughs> You're not going to be able to escape it, though. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. <laughs> no, but Paul. And so it was like people were telling me, you are Garvey, you are Garvey, you are Garvey. Yeah, there's no way to escape that. Um, you know, it's as somebody who has acted quite a bit and all of that and created films, you become the character. Like if you walk down the street and you see Kelsey Gamble, there's only one thing you can say, see Frasier there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just, you're not going to, but, there's nothing else you can think but, of. But Paul, know? I can tell you, if, if Sister Samad say, use Garvey, yes. not, never mind, never mind you. If Sister Samad say, use Garvey, use Garvey, bottom line. Yes. Bottom line. So I want to throw back to Roy. Yes. I want to throw back to Roy. So Roy, I want you to tell us a little bit more about the film. What can we expect from this film? You know, because the film premieres next week and I know on the 20th, it premieres on the 23rd of September. Um, mm -hmm. And I know we're trying to, we want people to watch this film. It premieres at the Trinidad and Tobago Film Festival, which is a very premier film festival to be premiering at. You know, it's one of our largest and most prominent film festivals and it premieres there, but I know it will be at other places after. And this, this will be shown for long after the premiere. So I want yes. people to really understand that this is a film that you need to go out and see, and you need to, to understand it and to watch it. What can we expect from this film? Because I also know your time is limited. Um, well, well, first off, uh, you did mention that it's going to be premiering at the Trinidad and Tobago Film Festival. So for anybody who's watching, um, the, it's an online-only um, festival this year because of the pandemic. So they have to just go to ttfilmfestival.com and um, click on the link for the titles of the film and they'll see African Redemption. And it'll be available from 12 midnight um, a.m. Uh, uh, September 23rd to 11.59 uh, p.m. So they'll be able to watch it online uh, in the diaspora. Um, what I'm hoping, um, uh, um, getting back to your question, to achieve with this film is... Um, well, number one, definitely, you know, when you make a film, you want to entertain your audience. No question right. there, right? But um, I, I also want to inform and, and educate them because I think it is very, very important. And, you know, it goes back to, I'm not, I don't fancy myself Marcus Garvey, but it goes back to um, what he talked about, you know, knowing your history. I know we have an issue in this country with this acronym called CRT. It's almost a bad word. Um, the critical race theory. Mm -hmm. banning, it in a, ba banning it in, in several states in, in America, right? You can't talk about systemic racism. I mean, that was at the core of what um, Garvey's message was, message was all about. Garvey was not only, he, he, was, he was not only for black people, but the fact that nobody else was speaking for his people at that time. So people would brand him 
uh, black supremacists, uh, black nationalists or whatever, but he, 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 he was all about his people. If nobody was going to look out for them, then he's going to look out for them. So that's what I want people to, to get from this uh, movie. Um, I want them to be um, inspired by the story. I want them to be proud of their stock. You know, you hear this phrase, you know, we come from kings and queens. Sure, I mean, it's all over a simplified phrase, but we really and truly do. I mean, right. if you look back at our heritage, I mean, it's a, it's a heritage, it's, you know, it's one of greatness. It's so one of greatness, yes. I, I want it to resonate and I, and I want it, you know, definitely I'd love to be able to have it screened in, in, in multiple film festivals and ultimately um, um, broadcast on TV or one of the streamers. But I want it to have a very long, pardon the pun, shelf life. <laughs> in, the, in the educational realm. Right. That's where it's going to live on. And after I'm passed and gone and you're passed and gone, you know, I want that to be mine and my wife, Allison's. I want that to be our legacy. That should be your legacy. That's a, that would be a beautiful legacy. And I have, as a poet, I go to Jamaica each year. Well, not since the pandemic with uh, Malachi Smith, dub poet Malachi Smith and a number of poets to do the Jamaican Poets School Tour. Mm -hmm. And I, what something you just said resonated with me because while I was on that tour about two years ago, and I, I have a poem called I'm 365 Black. And I was talking to students, always talking to students about their blackness and what do they know. Mm -hmm. And all I could hear about was slavery. Mm -hmm. And so right there and then in one of the classrooms, I penned a poem that says, you know, black before time, you know, we, slavery or history did not begin with slavery and i Thank think you. it's so important that garvey makes us know that and that our our kids need to understand that our kids need to know that as you say yes we come from kings and queens but it's not that simple we are you know we're from really really good stock and 400 years of slavery is a portion of our history yes you know, it's a portion of our history and that garvey was not just about emancipating yourself from slavery, but reminding us who we were before our people were enslaved. And that even while our people were enslaved on this side of the world, Africans were still on the other side of the world, yes. building big nations. And that's something that I think is so lost is that we were very myopic in thinking that, you know, this, is, this was our African experience right here those 400 years and there was no other experience. And can I just jump in for a quick second, just to say that um, I really believe that the enslaved Africans uh, in America got a really, really raw deal. Oh yeah. I mean, this thing was just beaten out of them. I mean, who they were, where mm -hmm. they came from, they were, I mean, if they tried to do some reading or to, uh, on, on their history, um, they would suffer great consequences. But up stepped this man to the grand stage in 1916 to say black is beautiful before it's time. He talked about the new negro right and it's that we shouldn't define ourselves by what happened during slavery look to the past yes right and, and that's the reason why i think so many african-americans and and folks who are from the caribbean at that time who are living in harlem and parts of the states just really gravitate towards marcus garvey he was preaching a message that the boys and others were not preaching mm -hmm. that's why they were jealous of him Yes, and I agree. He was preaching a message that we are great before that time. All right, so as we get ready to wrap this up, I'm going to go around. I'm going to start with you, Jeffrey. You got two minutes. What you got to say? Well, I am looking, I am really looking forward to, 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 to seeing this film. I already have my tickets, Roy. 
bought, Excellent. Uh, the, the 24 hour screening. I'm going to watch it like 10 times before 10 o'clock. And um, I'm just, I'm, I'm really, really thrilled. And I am so happy that Paul uh, Williams, uh, excellent casting. Uh, Thank you. I've seen, I've seen uh, Rob Semple uh, do his, his garb live and on video. And I, and I think, and I think you've done an excellent, excellent choice in casting Paul as Garvey. All right. So that's from Mr. Garvey. My, my Mr. Garvey go-to. Now I have three Garvey go-tos. I have at least two of them in that corner over there. So anytime I say Garvey, you know, it's one of you two, I call it. Paul, two minutes. Give us a wrap-up. What you got to say? Excellent performance you're saying. I, I think I've done reasonably well, and I think I listened to the producer, the film director, and I think I am really pleased with my efforts. And it's one of the reasons why you should come to see the documentary. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, it's true. Yeah, I did well, and I, and I really appreciate the, 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 the confidence that Roy and Alison placed um, within me. And I tried my best, and we are only going to be around for this moment and for the next. But what about our ancestors? What about our descendants? You know, so we are going to be looking at the past, and we are going to be looking towards the future. And I am between, you know. So, so what is it then that will prevent you to, from coming to see the documentary that we have worked so hard to produce? So we are inviting the entire world to take time out to come and see our effort. And I'm quite certain you will be pleasantly entertained, amused, and you're going to go into your reflection. Because reflection is... And educated. Lord, yes, and educated. Education and reflection are important to the Garvey story. Very important. Thank you so much, Paul. Before I go to Roy, I want to jump back to... To, to Jeffrey, because your book, My Name is Marcus, comes out when? We hope to have it out in December, Christmas, by Christmas. All right. So this is and, shared by people. So, you know, we yeah. have to talk about the book, right? And, 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 it, and, it, and it, it gives the arc of Garvey's story. And, uh, and, and Paul, just a little, it actually, so we're working a plot now as to what was the spark that made Garvey head down the path of social justice. And I will tell you, it's not the little white girl. No, no, no. It was on its way from England, actually, in that ship. No, no, but what, no, but what I'm saying is, well, you have to read the children's book then, because <laughs> Garvey gives us a hint. I, I, I think Garvey was interested in that way, in that little girl. Mm, no, 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 not the little girl. If, if, if you read the biography that he did later, he gives us two moments in his life that yes. really stand out. The little white girl is one, and then there's another. I'm not going to say it by the book. My name is Marcus. Now we got to Roy to wrap up talking about the film. This is Shelf Life. We have to talk about the book. The book is My Name is Marcus. And you know, as soon as the book comes out, we'll be right back here on Shelf Life with Jeffrey talking about My Name is Marcus. I can't wait to get it in my hands. I can't wait to see it because as I grow older, and I've always been big into who I am as a black woman, right? I've always, 
And that started for me at a very young age when I heard Nina Simone sing Young, Gifted and Black. And I tell people all the time that that song, and then Marcia Griffith sang it. Yes, and that yeah. made it even better. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I know the Marcia Griffith um, version. We didn't know about the Nina Simone Nina version. Simone version. But, you know, I, no, I came from a family that was deep into music. So <laughs> we, knew the, we knew both versions. But um, it changed my life at a very young age when I realized that I was indeed exactly what that song was talking about. Mm -hmm. Young, gifted, and black. And I owned that at an early age. And so anything to do with Marcus, and I'm not, I'm not a black nationalist, I'm just proud of who I am. I'm just proud of my race and I'm just proud of who I am. And I'm just very aware that 400 years of slavery did not define me and who I am and my people. And mm -hmm. so it's important. And as soon as the book come out, Jeffrey, you know, we have to do it again, right? We have to do this again. And Roy, your two minutes. What you got to say? What do I got to say? Wow. Um, I'm usually a man behind the scenes, but um, I want to just thank you for this amazing, amazing yes. platform um, today, Judith. So kudos to you on that. And thank you. And, yeah. and some key people who are behind this production, um, starting with my lifelong partner and wife, Allison Anderson, uh, without whom this would not have been possible. And, and can I just say that uh, we just have an embarrassment of riches uh, in this film. I mean, not only do we have some of the top scholars around the world, uh, not only do we have uh, the world's fastest man making a cameo in the film, but we have multiple Emmy Award winning actor Keith David giving voice to Marcus Garvey's story. I mean, you can't beat that. You know, so no, you can't. I was so honored when he decided he was going to come on board and support this project. Um, Jeffrey, I'm looking forward to your book. All yes. right. And I told my kids it's narrated by their favorite gargoyle. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> and, and Jeffrey, also looking forward to uh, uh, an invited visit from Miami Dade College for myself and Paul to come and um, screen the film um, as we get you out of retirement um, to teach that <laughs> one course of Marcus Garvey. All right. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Great. And, and, and when you. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to tell Jeffrey to remember to send my copy for the review in the Gleaner. All right. Yes. Yes. It, it's a Jamaican publisher, Tanya Batson Savage, Blue Banyan um, Book. We all know her. Yes. She's the publisher. Goes on third. Yes. <laughs> all right. Okay, and, and, so we're networking here. So yes. I'll send you a book as well while we're at it. <laughs> and Jeffrey, we're looking forward. I'm sorry, Judith. We're looking forward to the um, review of the film from you uh, once you've seen it. And all right. be very objective. Be very objective. All right. All right. Uh, I think I will like it. I, I've told, I, I'm writing. Wait till I'm you writing, see it. Wait till you I'm, see it. I'm writing a review right now for a friend of mine, uh, Rastafari in the 21st century. And I told him, um, I don't write bad reviews. People have sent me books and I've said, I'll pass on it. So if I write a review, it is going to be a good review. I'm not, I, I never in my life have I written a bad review. I, I'm like you, I'll pass on the book if I'm not, if I'm, if I, yeah, I'll just pass on it. So, so if you see a review, Paul, Roy, yes. you know I loved it. 
Okay. Right. I'm All sure right. I'm going to love it as well. And I've been passing it around. I want to say a big, as you said, thank you to me. Thank you to Jamaicans.com where I do shelf life because without Jamaicans.com to make this platform available uh, for those of us who do shows on this platform. So I just want to say big up yeah. to Xavier and his team from yeah. Jamaicans.com and also Ari Times TV, which is our channel, my husband and myself and our partner, Dreamy, Ari Times TV, because once you are ready, to get it, you know, to get it out there, we're we're there for you. Um, yes. We are pushing hard for anything that is Caribbean, anything that is Pan-African, anything that's African, African Caribbean. You mix it up any way you want to mix it up. Um, we're pushing really hard for you, and we're in your corner, Roy. And thank I you. just want to say thank you so much, gentlemen, for coming on Shelf Life today, ladies and gentlemen. You've been watching a special edition of shelf life and i'll see you again next week same place same time so we can talk about what else i have on my shelf thank gentlemen thank you walk good bless up see you all again very soon you. and um right. i'll be watching the film all right have a wonderful day thank you if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast please do so the video of this interview is available on my youtube channel please subscribe to my youtube channel Visit my website at jfallonreed.com and you can download your copy of my free audiobook, Time and Seasons. And remember to subscribe to my other podcast, Exchanging Pain for Praise.